Welcome to the third Essential Trades podcast. Joining me, Angus Walker, is Peter Garnery, Head of Equity Strategy at Saxo Bank, and Simon Fasdell, Head of Fixed Income Strategy at Saxo Bank. Now, gentlemen, three days ago, you made what was then looking like a very bold call to back emerging markets. But now it seems that you are being vindicated. We're starting to see a very good start, as far as you're concerned, to the Q4 Essential Trades publication that you brought out. Because we're seeing in the emerging markets FX and bond uh, changes in the market, which will surely be pleasing you right now, Peter, first of all. Yeah, and I think what makes our call even better is actually that the idea uh, generation took actually place a couple of weeks before we transitioned into the fourth quarter. So I think we were almost timing the bottom, uh, at least it looks like that for now. Uh, emerging market equities are up 10%, and what we're seeing is exactly what we talked about in the outlook. You're getting the response from uh, from the currencies. The currencies are strengthened against the dollar. You're seeing stabilization, and even recently, you're seeing uh, you're seeing prices going high on commodities. It's filtering into investor sentiment. Brazil is coming off the extreme highs, uh, CDS prices. You know the insurance you pay against bankruptcies on their dollar uh, bonds. You're seeing uh, you're seeing this massive rally across the board. Bonds, FX, as you said, and equities. Uh, so our call so far has been right. Simon, uh, not so long ago, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Brazil being on the brink. What's changed? Well, the major change here is that the call for the Fed to high rates is uh, somewhere now in the future. So this is the major thing. Uh, secondly, the stabilization of commodity prices has definitely played a big role here because I think market feared that we would see further pressure to the downside on commodities, and that has not happened. Uh, in fact, we have tested the upside, and that is definitely helping the imminent crisis of Brazil. Problem there was that their uh, commodity export, especially to China, has been suffering, and also a lot of political risk. So Brazil, uh, what we see now is that the imminent stress is off, and that calls for a rebound, and that is what we're seeing. Still. Having said that, it's early days, as Peter mentioned. We, I think we, the call has been correct, but also in the medium term, I think the call will be correct. We can still see volatility ahead, but it's a good start to, to Q4 that we see this imminent stress disappear in emerging markets. And from there, we look forward to see the next move. But China is still slowing down, and China has been this drag on markets, and significantly uh, on Black Monday, of course, back in August. So nothing's changed there. You can say that. Um, as we talked about a couple of days ago, if you look at the data, uh, you're definitely seeing a stabilization and even a, a turning a turning point in the Chinese economy. It's, it's our strong belief. So it is changing in China, you think? We think it's changing for the better. We think it's, there is uh, evidence in the data that uh, some of the reforms and some of the policy responses with the, the devaluation of 3% of the uh, currency against the dollar and the euro, you know, the, um, the, the less uh, the down payment for first home buyers, uh, lower reserve requirements for banks, all these things are beginning to trickle down through the economy. And we think if you look at uh, one year ahead, uh, growth will accelerate in China and that will cause spillover effects, positive spillover effects into other emerging markets. because. As I wrote about recently on trading floor, you have to remember that that um, that China is almost 25% of the emerging market equity index. So what happens in China drives everything in emerging markets. What are you seeing in bond markets, Simon, that reflects what's going on with the emerging 
markets confidence? In fact, what we see now is that from very distressed levels yield-wise, very high yields, especially Brazil, we have also seen Russia, we have seen other of the major bond markets and emerging markets having very high yields. Now we see that spread down to uh, developed market yields is beginning to narrow a bit. It's still it's still very high, but we see performance in the bonds. For instance, if we look at Brazil, 10-year Brazilian uh, bonds in US dollar uh, is already down uh, 1% yield-wise, so from uh, 6.5 to, to approximately 5.5. So that's a major rally for a 10-year uh, bond. And I guess, uh, well, we could see further stabilization ahead, but just saying that, that these are the government uh, bonds looking to the corporate sector, as, as Peter also can see on the equity side, we came, if we look at Brazil, we came from an extremely distressed scenario where you had corporates trading at what I call uh, restructuring levels, down at 60 uh, per hundred for bond. So that is where you believe that uh, major corporates like Petrobras, uh, OI or others are on the brink of a, uh, of a belly up. And that didn't happen. Uh, of course not. They, they still, it, it was like a, a market move, especially cash flow out from EM that, that made this happen. So now we see the first investors returning and these are also very uh, aggressive investors going for, for picking up like the bounty hunting here. And that's what we're seeing at the moment. You have to be prepared to be brave if you want to get into these markets. That's still the case. That hasn't changed, has it? No, and I want to pick up where Simon left because I think not only is this a, I think will be the right call in the short term, but also medium and long term. I think no matter what your time horizon is at this point in time, you have opportunities across EM space, whether it's currencies, uh, equities or bonds, that are probably the best we have seen in a decade or even uh, multiple decades. Uh, because as, as Simon said, the, you know, the spread on the bonds, but also the forward valuation on equities was simply being so distressed. And if we take Brazil, just again, if, if you look at the two major banks in Brazil, they're trading at half the book value uh, of its equity. You d that's something you only saw at developed banks during the financial crisis where there was imminent stress and even a high risk of bankruptcy. Uh, and in Brazil, you ha still have, a, you have a, a mild recession or very close border to a more severe recession, but it's somewhere in between there. Um, and, but even during the financial crisis, you were trading at price book rates of two in Brazilian banks. Brazilian banks long-term should trade at higher multiples because actually if you look at their operating performance, they are, they are actually performing and having higher return on equity and, and assets than, uh, than what most banks in Europe actually have. So if we get past this recession driven by higher commodity prices, then I think Brazilian banks could be, uh, could be a steal at these levels. But you have to be able to assume the, uh, assume the risk. So has this switched, Simon, from a counter trend move into something that's rapidly becoming mainstream for the markets? I think it's, it's very early days. Actually, we, we can still not see that the cash flow out of EM have stopped and reversed, but it's, a, it's about to, I guess. Remember, it has been like the trend for a very long time, especially for major US funds to sell out emerging markets. And also remember, these funds are like, they have to have some activity to earn money. Uh, don't forget that. And it has been like a major trend just to be short or, 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 or square in emerging market assets. At, at one point here, we end up with excessive risk premiums and that should other investors benefit from. And I also guess that we would see at some point these investors, especially when they see first reactions 
uh, on the back of a potential Fed hike that the world will not go down with, with one or two hikes from the Fed. And then you'll see these investors return simply because the return they can get in developed market overall is not enough to satisfy their clients. So they need something else. They need higher yields. They need higher dividends from the equities. And when we enter a, a less volatile environment, every, you can call it every boring investment day, investors call for the carry in bonds, in, in uh, larger equities from emerging markets. And that is why we see the, uh, the, the inflow starts again. When the Fed finally raises rates, perhaps in December this year, perhaps uh, early 2016. Surely then we see the impact. We're back into a vicious circle, aren't we, for the emerging markets that puts pressure on them. If commodity prices are low again, then you've got that pressure again. And then is it such a good investment then? I mean, we, may, we could be talking, you know, doomsday in just a few months from now. I think that <clears throat> the it's always easy in hindsight, but you could call an overreaction what we saw in the euro dollar moving very close to 105 and everyone was talking about parity. But I think at that point in time, the market were discounting a much faster trajectory to the neutral rate in the Fed funds rate and as a result, stronger dollar across the board. What you're going to see now is that when the Fed initiates the rate hike, they will be extremely clear on the forward guidance of how fast this will go. I'm pretty sure they will lay out the path in, in what we can expect. And I think they will set a path that is so smooth and so benign that it will, it, will, it will take some of all this volatility and take some of all this risk. You see it across the board, all the central banks in EM, they, they want the Fed to begin uh, hiking the rate so we can get clarity and especially the path. Where do you see the neutral rate and how fast? Are we talking end of 17, end of 18, 19? Where, where are we looking? And I think the Fed will be clever enough to, to make it a very smooth transition. And I want to you know, close also by saying that we talk about commodities, Glencore and some of the biggest miners have over the last month or two been cutting back extremely fast on their supply side. Um, so you're hearing Glencore now cutting down zinc production by a third. So that will cut global zinc production by 4%. That's a lot when you're talking about a marginal supply. So you, you, I think the, the contraction of zinc supply will, will, will support commodities from here and if China you know, stay the course and they, they and all these uh, reforms and policy responses trickle through the economy, you could get significantly higher commodity prices as we move into 16 and that will help EM cope with higher dollar rates, especially Brazil will help, will get a benefit from the higher commodity prices. I'd like to finish by asking you both about the sort of trades and sectors you look for for the best opportunities in emerging markets as per your essential trades publication. But Simon, first of all, if you had to pick your top trade, what is it? I would say it's again, in, in bonds, we always look what, what kind of risk are you as investor willing to take? And for the, for the short term riskier investors, Brazil has definitely been worth it. Uh, we can see that now and, and still, I guess, uh, one should be in there. Uh, but again, this is a short term trade, volatile, but with huge uh, pickup potential. Looking for more uh, long-term strategic views on a bond, I think we should go to Asia and the emerging markets there. These uh, countries differ from Brazil and Russia by being uh, commodity dependent on the positive side. That would say with lower commodity prices, you have a positive input to their economies, mm -hmm. uh, everything from China to India. Uh, and 
in that context, these are, of course, you don't get the same yield levels, but you get a more safe investment that are braced for the new, I think, commodity environment we have seen the last year or so. So these countries, these economies will benefit also going forward the next nine to 12 months. I still think we, we need to see the lower commodity prices, especially oil, work its way into Indian and uh, Chinese economy. It's a positive input to the economies. So in that context, for, for region-wise, uh, longer-term investors, that is uh, definitely uh, Asia. Short-term, Brazil and also a bit of Russia. And Peter, your top trade? It's basically some of the same uh, on the same lines here. So I think in the short term, you're getting the repricing away from distress and potential bankruptcies. And that you're always seeing at the prices. It's Indonesia, it's Malaysia, it's Russia and it's Brazil. Those four, they're very dependent on in the materials and energy sector. Those, so those four will lead and outperform in the first initial phase. Medium, longer term, I think the winners in the emerging market is definitely it's China, it's India, it's the Philippines, it's uh, to some extent uh, South Africa, at least driven by their financial and consumer sector, which is benefiting a lot from the overinvestment in, into sub-Saharan region. So that will be some of the, uh, the areas that I would be uh, overweighted on a longer term horizon. Gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. And you can read more from Peter Garnery and Simon Fasdell by downloading the Q4 Essential Trades publication on tradingfloor.com. Essential reading for traders and investors.